Well, 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 it looks like the joke is on all those who thought Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves was a 10 out of 10 movie. Either the reviewers were in on an April Fool's prank or they were some under some sort of spell. I don't know what kind of treasure the filmmakers were oh hoping to find, but they certainly didn't strike it with this one. This dude loves puns. I hate it. The honor among thieves in this movie is that they managed to pull off the biggest heist of all, getting people to think it was worth watching. Oh, no. Oh, no. Stop it, please. That was a one-star review from IMDb. Hello, and welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series and films. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Andrew. Salutations. And Stephen. Hello there. And a very special guest, just like a drow crawling out from the underdark, Joel <laughs> is back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. And in this episode, we'll be reviewing Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. But first, we're going to go around and talk about uh, our experience with D&D and maybe some stories that go along with it. Who wants to kick us off? I think the guest should always start. Okay. Well, that's oh, rude, fast. but okay. <laughs> I'll take it. So I've been a dungeon master f- since high school, so about 15 years. Yeah, on date off. yourself. Let's go. A little bit. Let's go. <laughs> a couple decades. Huh? No big <laughs> deal. Let's do it. Uh, and early on, one of my most interesting experiments as a dungeon master was in using music to shape the minds and choices of my players. <laughs> so whenever there came up a situation in one particular game where a moral decision needed to be made, I would play dark and dour music <laughs> intending <laughs> to... <laughs> influence the direction of thought in my players, particularly my younger brother, and it had (laughs) tremendous effect (laughs) to the point where to this day, if I put that music on, he goes, "Uh uh-oh, he's looking for a bad decision. (laughs) You just walk around with a Bluetooth speaker and like put it in the room and start playing at low volumes to just increase Which, it is funny because when I was trying to listen to the soundtrack for the movie prior to this, just to hear it again, if you just put, type in D&D soundtrack, you get a whole bunch of people who have made up yeah. their own yeah. tracks yeah. to play it's, during It's games. a really big part of setting the stage. It really is. Yeah, it didn't occur to me. It's like, wow, this is everywhere. So well, I mean, when did you play the music through? Uh, just like we would play in person. And yeah. so I just like have my CD player and whatnot. A boombox. Nice. He put it on his shoulder. <laughs> he'd, come, he'd come down the hole. You know, <laughs> the, actual, the actual track that I used was Padme's Ruminations from uh, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, oh nice. That's a great track. Okay. Got the Star Wars oh, Would you have like a mix CD or would you like be thumbing through like one of those albums of CDs? <laughs> He's about to make a bad decision. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> no, I would have entire sessions that it was just that track on <laughs> He's got a, he had to get a six CD changer. Yeah, I was say, he just carries the six CD changer with him wherever he DMs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who else wants to go? I'm I'm curious about what Steven. Steven, okay. get in here. So yeah. I'm I'm reaching way back, going all the way back to middle school, right? So this is you know mid early 90s. So we're still kind of a bit, you know, D and D is not popular. It is mm-hmm. in fact a bit still gripped by the satanic panic, right? Yeah, from the mid 80s, yeah, which from is the hilarious. Yeah, it's still well. That's where we're going. We're gonna, yeah, that's where we're going. Oh boy. Uh, so one of my friends and I had a. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't remember. He had the book. And of course, you know, we're like 12. So these books are like you know 50 bucks, right? So yeah. the fact that he has one, he brought it to school. Ooh. <laughs> so we were just going through and looking at, you know, the different items and like kind of plotting out, oh, what would be cool to have? I think the thing that ever sticks with me, right, is it's like a replenishing peanut. So like every day you just got a pound of peanuts. <laughs> so it's one of these things that's like incredibly abusable where it's like, 
so we have this adventuring party, but they're actually now they just run a roast peanut stand. Yeah. And they, you and know, they sell, just make yeah, money. Yeah. Right. You know, so we're, we're, we're hypothesizing these kind of stupid things you could do with this, right? <laughs> or, or you could like just hold the bag upside down and clip it to a tree. So every day a pound of peanuts falls down onto the floor. Yeah. Or it could be like over a river so that you come back in a year and there's a big dam. Of or, or, or you have you just attract the wildlife with it, yeah. and instead of eating peanuts, you have you know roast duck, right? <laughs> uh, so while we're going through this and coming up with dumb scenarios of basically ways that whatever poor kid was going to try to you know corral us into doing whatever story he had written out is not going to work because we're going to just be making peanuts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I went to a Catholic middle school, you know, here comes, and I can't, I can't a haven for D and D, right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Let me tell you, they love that thing there. Yeah. Uh, so here comes a nun, and I cannot remember which nun it is. Pretty much. And so she brings up the idea of, oh, well, you know, I, I feel like, you know, this is the kind of thing where, like, whoever is in charge, you know, like, gets people to do bad things because they just direct them and you have to do what they say. <laughs> we, just, we both kind of looked at her and we're like, we're coming up way, with ways to profit off of if we can trick our dungeon master into giving us a ever recharging peanut. <laughs> like I said, Satan's hand. <laughs> Absolutely, right? We're going to unpin the necessities of capitalism through magic. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my story. Just the general, because again, if you ever have played D and D or if you've been a DM, uh, the, the horrible challenge or feeling of when your party all decides that this tree needs thorough inspection and it's just like, please, can you just go through the door? But have we looked at the roots? Can we dig around the tree? I would like to climb the tree. <laughs> Can we burn it? What what kind of tree? Did you you didn't just tell me what kind of tree it is? I need to know the genus, and I need to know right now. I know, yeah. Is it a flowering tree? Does it make nuts? Could we possibly? Does it float? It's a new tree. Okay, no one knows anything about it. So, so undiscovered species. We must research this further. <laughs> So this, this is actually a good segue for my story. Go right. So uh, my, I, my D&D &D experience is incredibly slim. I've only played mm -hmm. one game and it was a one shot one time at a bachelor party that it was a specific campaign for the bachelor party. An, an absolutely rager of a bachelor party. Yeah. No, it was actually a ton it, of fun. The, the strippers rolled up as NPCs. You know, was, <laughs> <laughs> so so we're, we're basically exploring this man, this haunted mansion. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first thing that that we do is we are we split the party like Scooby Doo does. And, uh, and me and my friend go upstairs and, uh, you know, we're kind of like, like scrounging around this room. And when I've never played D&D &D before, no one told me that, like, when I inspect my bag, I need to actually inspect the items in the bag, not what the contents of the bag contains. So, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to inspect my bags. You have a bottle of water. I don't know what kind of water that is, but it's a bottle of water. Yeah. So you for, assume if there's any more to know about the water, they would have told, they they told you at that yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're inspecting this room and kind of like searching around. And my friend opens up this box and he immediately catches on fire. Yeah. Um, and and to the rescue. And, and, and I'm like, I can fix this. I got a bottle of water. <laughs> I, have, I have a bottle of water. Yeah. So um, I, I look at my look at my DM and I was like, hey, I want to. I want to save my friend. I have a bottle of water. I'm going to use the water. And he, he kind of looks at me and he goes, you sure? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I throw the water on him and um, apparently it was holy water. Uh -huh. And my friend was a fell orc, which I also did not know that I needed to like ask them what they were. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So then the holy water just, Kills him. Yeah. <laughs> you put out the fire by turning everything yeah. to dust. Yes. Yeah. The fire was preferable. Yeah. 
<laughs> and my friend, uh, this is like 20 minutes into the campaign. Yeah. Like, like barely like this is like going to be like a six hour session. Yeah. He's like, thanks. Now I don't get this. <laughs> yeah. uh, Way to go. Luckily, my uh, our DM had planned for people to die. Yeah. So he had things for them to do outside of death. Was it haunt yeah. you because he needed to just yes. haunt you? <laughs> it was absolutely haunt me. And and my friend absolutely pulled me through a mirror later and then I died. Oh, nice. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was fun, but it's one of those things. Just remember, kids, inspect your bags. Inspect your bags. Don't inspect your bags. Once you've inspected the bags, inspect the inquire items in about the, the contents specifically. <laughs> yeah. You need and, to treat your bag the way that Steven's hypothetical friends treated that tree. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, you know, like in my mind, like, I'm like, oh yeah, he, he would have said if it was holy water. Yeah. Also, if your, your DM or GM ever asks, are you sure? Oh, that is code. Pause. <laughs> yeah. Stop. It's not do even not code. Pass. It's pretty blatant. Do not Don't do the code. thing you're about to do. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what All about right, you? Speaking of DMing, I've never actually played d and I've only DMed. How does that? Okay, so I'm curious how that works. Yeah, you, you've never played. So I've played other RPGs. Okay, and right. I had a group of. Fr- I've always been interested in D and D, and I never could convince my group of friends to play. And everyone always needs a DM, right? Every time. So yep. the Adventure Zone comes out, which is an actual play podcast, right? And all my friends listen to it, and they're all about it all of a sudden, and they're like. Hey, you're a good storyteller. Why don't you be our DM? And I'm like, I mean, uh, you are a good storyteller. Yeah, I, I was like, okay, guilty as charged. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> but I, I like did so much research and like got the, you know, the dungeon master's guide. I'm looking at like wiki, you know, <laughs> tutorials. I'm looking at YouTube videos. Cause I have nobody to talk to about yeah. this, yeah. you know? And I'm just like out in the wilderness. Like I'm so <laughs> nervous about it. So I keep asking them what kind of campaign do y'all want? Like, we want just a linear story. You just tell us, we just want a, a relaxing every weekend. We, we you jump on here I and mean, this is all remote, by the way, mm-hmm. this is all, you know, yeah. virtual tabletop. And this is like eight years ago. So it's before virtual tabletop was like, great. It was like yeah. Roll twenties, yeah. early days or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I have a thousand stories of why both those campaigns were terrible and failed. Um, but this one is the one where I realized everybody I was playing with was actually just a bunch of murder hobos. <laughs> <laughs> so I prepped this like dungeon and like, I wanted it to be interesting and different because I was trying to think of a way to make the encounter, not just like three goblins. Yeah. Like, how do I, you know, kick this up? Give one of them a name so they can adopt it. <laughs> <laughs> they all had weird names. One was like Craig fist and one was like something else. Anyway. Smargle. Sam, yeah. Sam Smargle. <laughs> uh, but then I was like, I tried to set the scene with like, so there's like these bags of rats, just bags of them out in the hallway <laughs> like leading into this of, room. Just a sack, a sack of, rats. of a wiggling rat. Well, they didn't know what it was. They inspected it. It's a bunch of rats, right? Yeah. They did it properly. But like the, the rats were alive. They were alive. Yeah. Oh. And so they get into this room and there's these <laughs> three goblins and this person they're trying to rescue or whatever. And there's these holes in the walls. And as they try to engage the goblins, the goblins like, shh, hush, hush. And they're like, what? <laughs> and so they hear this skittering behind the walls. And of course, one of them's like, I'm going loud, right? Yeah. And so thousands of baby goblins come running out of the walls. And there's like this trough in the middle of the room, right? And like the, the long story short, what the setup nightmare. was, I was trying to make it like they feed these goblin babies, the rats, yeah, in this trough, rats. right? So uh, one of the dudes was a uh, druid. So he uh, wild shapes into a giant spider. And he was dragging a bag of the rats behind him into the room with us. Cause like, we may need this. And they were like, why? <laughs> you don't need a sack of rats. why would we need the rats? Right? So he's like, it's my time. They, they, they do a few rounds of combat. They've got these goblins on the ropes. Right. And, uh, he webs the, the main leader up. Like, so he's tied yeah. up 
throws him into the trough and dumps the rats on top of him, and all the baby goblins start eating him. Oh, man. <laughs> this is the, and again, this is like early. I didn't know how to like prep a lot of stuff, and I was like, this is the only guy that has any information about yeah. <laughs> everything else they're about to do. They're about to waste this dude. It turns out <laughs> after this that they discovered that this goblin was very literate, and he wrote out all of his <laughs> yes. journal. I was in my head going like, okay, maybe there's a desk drawer in this cave. <laughs> so Smarkle's journal in the bag. This is where I was like freaked. I was like points for originality. I had never thought, oh, they'll get the bag of rats from out in the hallway <laughs> and they'll use them. So as this guy's getting eaten, he's like screaming at him, save me. And they're like, tell us the information. So I'm like, I'm, I'm telling them like, I was like, his health is ticking down guy. He's bloodied. He doesn't look good. They're like, what, what will you give us if we get like, He's like, more information. They're like, we want treasure. He's like, I'm a goblin. I don't have any treasure. <laughs> and so <laughs> look at all the mouths I have to feed. In the end, they go, this is their justification. They're like, should we save him or not? And they're like, I don't know. We've got enough people in our party. I don't think we need to have this guy oh down So they just let this dude get eaten. And one of the players like, I want to stay back and watch. And I was like, oh, man. Okay. That's like... Please continue describing yeah. this scene. <laughs> I was like, all right, buckle up. Because he was like a tiefling, like a weird, like he was supposed yeah, to be like yeah, dark yeah. and edge lord. He, had like, he said he had a, a Chris Angel haircut, so he described his character. So I was like, of course, this guy's a, a murder pervert. He's like, back and listen. They're, they're all like, Ryan, we know you like horror movies. Describe this in detail. Yeah, and I was like, so then the baby goblins are eating them alive. <laughs> I'm like trying to get through it. Anyways, there's a bunch of other stories from oh, that campaign. Oh, crying. Uh, yeah. That's one of those moments where you're just like, man, I'm really glad this is all remote because I don't think I want to be in the same room with these people. <laughs> I was like, this guy in the eyes. Yeah. Anyways. That was, that was oh, incredible. Oh, man. He's just looking back at you going, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you stop? He's, He's dead. He's gone. And today, Ryan saw into the soul of one of his friends. <laughs> yeah. A deep, dark place. Yeah. Describe the bones to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, transition whoosh. Let's oh, move on man. to uh, our discussion of Dungeons & Dragons. Let's start with a plot summary. It's Dungeons & Dragons Honor, Honor Among, Among Thieves. Or D&D hat. D&D hat. D&D hat. Put on your D&D hat. Oh, I knew I meant to, to make a joke about that. Oh, well, too late. Well, it's, now it's not funny because you've said it out loud. Well, no, see, we, we invited Joel because we needed our hat of plus 20 D&D knowledge. Oh, so what's oh. happening is I'm not sure. A lot. I'm not sure if we're gonna pass him around as we need the specific knowledge Gross. and wear him as a hat, or I'd, all three of us wear him. Wear him as a hat. You sound like this player in my game. Jeez, Steven. See, talk about the bag of rats. If I see one rat tail, I'm out of here. I got the bag of rats. I got the bag of rats. would. He would. All right. <laughs> Here's the plot summary. A charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic. But things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. That is the most generic of the wrong people. Any movie that ever could be made. Any D&D campaign, yeah. I think. I think that's kind of the point. It is, yeah. Well, it's good to not get spoiled in the plot. And then he discovers that his uncle is really his brother. Like, why is that the synopsis? <laughs> and how is that possible? Yeah. All right, so this movie was released on March 31st, directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Are you guys familiar with either of those names? No. No. Okay. No. The John Francis Daly guy was... He's an actor. He was on Freaks and Geeks, and he's been on Bones. And like when I saw oh, his picture, okay. I do know. Yes, yeah, yeah, I do know him. So the, um, the Freaks and Geeks connection is where the cameo came from. Them, 
Uh, we won't get into who it is. That's a, like, yeah, maybe a spoiler. One, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. One of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but one of them. Yeah, I do remember that now. Uh, this was written by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein and Michael Giglio. Uh, so yeah, Daly and uh, Goldstein have worked together on other projects. They co-wrote Horrible Bosses um, okay, and yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. So two right. pretty big uh, things. Yeah. And they wrote and directed uh, Vacation, which was the reboot of the National Lampoon's Vacation that uh, came out in 2015. With, I, ne- um, yeah, I didn't see that. Ed Helms, I think. Yeah. And, I never saw it, but I heard it was pretty good. Uh, and Game Night. Have you ever, guys ever heard of Game Night? Mm-mm. I and saw no. trailers for it, but it didn't. It's actually really good. Like, I, I, same way I saw the trailers, like, this looks like a generic, you know, comedy. It's actually really good. It's basically Jason Bateman and um, Rachel McAdams are, like, uh, husband and wife, and they have this Game Night, and everything goes awry. It's very similar to Hor- Horrible Bosses, if okay. you've seen that. Okay, yeah. So it's, like, things just, like, escalate yeah. and escalate. And, well, um, like, that's a that's a pretty good cast already with, with what is proving to be a pretty good, you know, writing directing duo yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it seems like they're they're a writing directing uh duo here uh so the music is by lauren balfi who did um ghost in the shell the scarlett johansson american which honestly was, was pretty good for the music yeah i thought yeah. so too he did black widow and he did wheel of time Ooh. oh we're so, doing so you know, well until I mean, he had a lot of other stuff I mean, that's the, just the, the three now, big ones now, granted the wheel of time soundtrack was probably the only good part the of highlight, the show the highlight it was, just say the highlight yeah i'm trying to remember it honestly I well, mean, it, I don't remember it wasn't presented in runtime. Like you have to go back yeah. and listen to it on Spotify to actually get it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was like, I don't remember it being like annoying or anything. Yeah. Like no, just, it was, yeah, it was yeah. fine. Okay. Starring Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Justice Smith, Hugh Grant, Sophia Lillis, Renee Jean Page. Uh, the budget was 150 million, <laughs> which, which is, is a lot. A lot. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And as of the time of recording, which I haven't checked it late this afternoon, I checked this morning, it was 38 million domestic and 70 million worldwide. Yeah. Which so, is pretty respectable. That's a, that's a good, pretty open, good. And that's opening weekend, basically. Yeah. That's a good yeah, opening, opening weekend. weekend. So hopefully they, they make their money back and they, they do more. Yeah. I, I would this. like to see a sequel. Yeah, I would love to. Or, or even wow. just just show your hand about how you like there the it film is. Or even just a con- Well, yeah, I mean, we're going this way. Or even just a continuation <laughs> within the universe. It doesn't have to be like an actual sequel, right? Yeah. yeah. So overall thoughts, what did everybody think? I just told you what I thought. Well, jump in. Go for it. Guess, I guess, said I like no. to <laughs> Guest starts. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, my goodness. Let me be rude. <laughs> oh my so this movie, like on paper, has kind of a niche audience, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's very specifically D&D. There is kind of a general acceptance of fantasy fiction in film and TV right now, higher than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, and so this definitely benefits from that. Uh, but like it's, it's actually really well written, really well acted. And it, it brings quality to the screen that kind of lets it bust out of whatever niche it might otherwise have been pigeonholed into, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I, I agree completely. That's a yeah. very good. Yeah, because it like it definitely, um, you know, just on you know on paper, it's just a normal fantasy kind of thing. And because it was, you know, baseline just good all around, had yeah. good music, good, um, you know, performances, good, yeah, performances, yeah. all that kind of stuff. It allows basically all the actors and the production staff to really elevate it up to something a little bit better and a little bit more than kind of what I was expecting going into it, and I loved it. So what were you expecting going in? Um, probably just like, you know, something kind of fun, just basically all comedy of, jo- yeah. of them kind of like very meta making fun of themselves, like in a D&D campaign style thing. Yeah. Or like almost to the point where like, you know, a, a certain creature goes by on the side of the screen and then Chris Pine looks at the screen and like 
almost winks, you know? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I saw the Easter egg, did you kind of thing? And yeah. that, we didn't get that yeah, at and, all. And it actually, like, ended up turning out to be an, an incredibly genuine, emotional kind of ride mm-hmm. where you have, you know, you laugh, you cry, you you get excited, like, for your characters. And I think that's that's just a great story. It was just a lot of fun. It, yeah. it hit me a lot like there's there's this old independent film project called Darkness Rising, uh, which is it's a it's it's a parallel storyline film mm-hmm. where you've got the the real world characters who are having their own personal arcs mm-hmm. and struggles and whatever and they're also playing a D and D game mm-hmm. and kind of their personalities and their real world stories are kind of being projected into the game. Yeah, oh, that's which a neat they concept. they show the game with those same actors playing their characters mm-hmm. and um and so they do a lot of meta things. Where like the characters will break character and then speak to each other as the the players, you know, in the middle of yeah. the D and D scene, mm. and so this film felt a lot like that, just substituting the real world plot for then giving all the characters their actual plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it had that same sort of humor throughout, willing to poke fun of tropes, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, earnestly desiring to tell a compelling dramatic story at the same time. Yeah, yeah. What about you guys? Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I thought again, it was it was really well acted. I liked the comedy. I think it um it reminded me not not necessarily directly, but similar to like the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And yeah, then, like I went into yeah. it not really sure what to expect, mm-hmm. and then was met with comedy, action, and like some heartfelt stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it was it was a pretty good package of all that. When I, I, I was kind of like you, Andrew. I was expecting yeah. almost almost a spoof. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, but then you know? like you actually got out like towards the end, I was like, am I like, like this is how I feel right now? Yeah. <laughs> Feelings about this? Yeah. So I really like that comparison to Guardians of the Galaxy because I think when that trailer hit, right, I looked at that, I was like, wow, they're pulling, this is a very, you know, small fan base, very niche subject and this could either they could either just go wild with this and do all kinds of cool stuff, or it could just collapse terribly and just be mm-hmm. mediocre. Right. It's and like it's space raccoon, or or worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have this, which is kind of the same thing. It's coming from a niche fan base, and it could either be amazing if they really like they lean in, they pull it all off, or yeah. it could just be terrible. And I walked out, I was like, wow, they like hit every note that I wanted and gave me extra, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's what surprised me because they didn't really do anything. That like crazy. groundbreaking. Yeah. No, there was no moment in the story where I was like, oh, I never saw that coming or like, yeah. whoa, what an idea. It was just they took tried and true ideas and they executed it really, really well yeah. over and over and over and over where it wasn't just like, oh, they did that part really, really well. And, you know, if you fast forward the first 30 minutes and you get to that, then it's worth what? No, the whole thing just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Which that really impressed me because that's just a high level of execution across the board, the writing, the directing, the performance, uh, the music worked well. Mm. Um, and I do, I kind of wonder if it, it kind of lucked out in the sense where, you know, you put D and D at the front of it and, you know, high power executives who would want to meddle and be like, Oh, this is a great idea to push my, you know, what's the, the guy who really wanted the giant spider to be in Superman. And then he got it in wild West. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where you have one of these guys who just like, well, that's a great story, but I think it needs a spider. How do you feel about a bag of rats? So I feel like it almost kind of slid under the radar of those types of people because it wasn't a big enough tent pole or like yeah. a summer blockbuster. Yeah. And so it let the, the writing and the directing and the actors have a lot more room to work with to really 
because it feels like a lot of them are very invested and they care about what's going on and they just nail it. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the only thing I would say about the comedy is that like, and this is not necessarily a knock against the movie, more of just like a a critique of like my experience because Mm -hmm. I've watched, you know, I've listened to actual play podcasts that are like really funny, like the Adventure Zone and Dungeons Mm -hmm. and Daddies, which is not a BDSM podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's in their title. That's the title. Dungeons and Daddies, a D&D podcast, not BDSM. (laughs) But uh I've also watched, uh, you know, some Critical Role, and I've watched their show, Legend of Vox Machina, and all of these are very, like, rated R yeah. comedy mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And so I feel like there were a couple of moments where I felt like this movie wasn't necessarily held back by the PG-13, but just there were some scenes that would have definitely been punched up a little bit if they could have gone a little harder in some scenes. A little scenes. more violent or... But I understand why they didn't, because there was, there was kids in my screening. Like, I know what they're going for, and yeah. Hasbro owns this, so I'm not, like, faulting it. I'm just, like... Compared to the other D&D comedy media that I've consumed, this was like the most tame and safe feeling, I think, mm-hmm. is the way to put it. So I will say, and that, that's an interesting, maybe an interesting kind of appeal, right? Of yeah. It's it's a it's a new new story for a lot of people, a new kind of realm. And also it's, you know, bring the kids, like be entertained, you know, mm-hmm. let's let's get this going. Yeah. Because it is PG-13 and they do curse. Like there are several words that come up in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but interestingly enough, and I don't know, maybe maybe it's it slid past me, but my wife and I, uh, she pointed out, well, it's PG-13, so they should get one F-bomb, right? Yeah. And they didn't, they never cashed that in. Which is good. Which, yeah. which well, I think actually is good. I think it's, it's just, good. It's just funny to think about because there are, there are certainly moments that happened in there where someone could have just looked at the screen and just been like, oh, you know, yeah. and it would have been like, yeah. yeah, that's what I would have said too, you know? So, yeah. so with the only person that actually has kids in the room right now, <laughs> would you take your kids to go see this film? I would Ooh. take, uh, I would probably... Have a contest see which kid won. <laughs> I, I, I would I would probably Send them once through it the goes maze. to once it goes to streaming, I would let my eight year old watch it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That um, feels pretty safe. There are enough scary creatures in there, like particularly uh, this was in the trailer, the displacer beast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um the hunting methods of the displacer beast are very disturbing. Yeah. Uh, if if you are paying attention and, and have just enough cognition to understand what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that I I would be a little concerned for the, the film being too scary um, okay. for little kids. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, but not like the, the level of violence. There's really no blood in this no, at no, all. No, no, no. It's, yeah. it's, all, it's all high fantasy violence. It's really high adventure kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. it's like like watching, it felt very much like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Right? Ooh, yeah. That's a good, uh, yeah, yeah, that's good, actually a good really comparison. good comparison. Like yeah. even, even the score was, was reminiscent. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the, the music was great. The, I loved like pretty much all the action, like, like there's a couple fantastic sequences that, um, you only get hints at in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So I can't really talk about it right now until we get to the spoiler. Um, but yeah. there's just some phenomenal, just like really well blocked out pieces of, of action set pieces that they do that are just phenomenal. Yeah. And also to its credit, and I, I'm going to use this word. I don't use this word lightly cause I hate this word. <laughs> uh, there are a couple of Moments of subversion of expectations. Oh, uh, bringing out the Johnson. I hate that phrase. <laughs> you've never said that. But, but the way they do it, it one, it's not for like major, major things where it's like, what a twist or whatever, you know? Yeah. But the way they pull it off, which we'll get into in some of the spoilers, mm-hmm. I thought hit very well because they used it to play either from comedy to seriousness or back from seriousness to comedy. Yeah. As opposed to being like a major point where it's like, oh, what's the matter? You weren't smart enough to understand what's going on kind of thing. <laughs> that's, you know? that's, a, that's a big deal, too, with the tone of the writing here because it is, does 
go back and forth mm-hmm. between it those quite often. And this is definitely on the level of, like you said, um, Guardians of the Galaxy as opposed to Thor, Love, and Thunder, right? Like, yes. That's, yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that, yeah. That's a good yeah. point, too. <laughs> the, um, the one thing that I really liked about this, too, was a lot of the, cause, you know, whenever you have, like, D&D, which is a very lore-heavy franchise. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You always worry that they're going to just beat you over the head with exposition just because there's so yeah. much that has to be explained. And this movie does a fantastic job of show, don't tell. Yeah. Where, they, really where do. yeah. they don't, they don't linger too long on like long, big exposition dumps of like, Oh, this is where this city is. And this is why the people are this way. You know, like, I'm, did you know they call it Neverwinter? Because <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, and, they, and they have the obligatory like medieval map scene, map. Yeah. right? <laughs> where they, they scroll over the, the continents, you can kind of picture where mm-hmm. everything is. But that's really like that's one of the best tropes of the genre, I think, is because you get that really concise, you know, set piece of okay, this is the world that I'm in, and I don't have to be told about it for 15 minutes. Yes. Yeah. yes. But also, even that like the map scroll, right, doesn't super matter because this isn't like Lord of the Rings where we're journeying from point A to point B. Yeah. It's very much so it takes place mostly within one or two locations. And kind of the geographic relevance of the places don't really matter that yeah. much for the plot. It just – it establishes, hey, this is a fantasy world. They've said these names of these places and here's a map and you have kind of an idea of what the mm-hmm, world looks mm-hmm. like. And it's it's a bigger world than what we're going to see. I did like – they did have a bit of exposition. We'll get in – again, we'll get into this in spoilers, but it surrounds a battle. Yeah. And the way they handled that exposition <laughs> was fantastic. It was, it was hilarious. Absolutely yeah. fantastic because honestly, they they basically dumped – a whole like it could have just been a dude talking to you, mm-hmm, and yeah. they did it in a way where it slid right past me initially. And I was like, "Oh man, they just like handed me a whole bunch of story details <laughs> and just passed it off as comedy." That was great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's move on to would you recommend this movie, Joel? Let's go first since you're the guest. Hundred uh, percent. Like I am looking for actively looking for an opportunity to go see it again in theaters. Yeah. Like I had so much fun, laughed out. I I laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. In the theater, which is difficult to get me to do, right. and I cried, which is not difficult to get me to do. <laughs> I did that walking in when I, I, I looked at my popcorn; it was nothing. Oh. Uh, yeah, my wife same way. She didn't go see it with me this time because scheduling, and yeah. she was like, "Would you be willing to go see it with me again?" I was like, "Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no problems, <laughs> no question." Yeah, Stephen, would you recommend this movie? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think this is something that I could easily just be like, "Hey, you know, like we got a, a Sunday, and there's not a whole lot to do, like." Let's just let's get a you know a matinee and just go watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Just to kind of get ahead of you know because it'll be a little while before it hits you know streaming or DVD or whatnot, Blu-ray. Uh, just to see it again because honestly, there were so many moments where I busted out laughing. They handle the comedy in this while again being very emotional. I know we got Joel to cry, we got Andrew to cry. Wow, I haven't even said that I oh. cried and you already knew. It's not outed. It's just known. It's just known. <laughs> like when I look at a scene, I'm like, oh that kind of tugged at me a little. I know Andrew's <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I I definitely cried in this film. Uh, both my wife and I did. Mm-hmm. And um I'm kind of annoyed because when we're recording this is basically the um, the week after mm-hmm. opening weekend mm-hmm. and the week weekend or basically the week before Mario movie comes out. And unfortunately, I have to go see the Mario movie <laughs> instead of being able to go to the theater and watch D&D instead. He's, he's so not going to be D&D biased here. at all in his review of Mario. I promise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I thought it was great. I definitely recommend it to anyone that even remotely even just likes fantasy. Yeah. Um, like, and just like fun adventure. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big deal, right? It, 
it, the Dungeons and Dragons bit at the start. Yeah. Don't let that stop you and be it, like, well, I've never played the game. Like, you don't have to play yeah, the game to yeah. know what's going on in this. And, like, there's there are little bits that you can mine out that kind of you can point to and be like, oh, yeah, I see what they're we're referencing here. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and I think that that does deepen the appreciation of the experience to see how they wove that stuff in. Mm-hmm. But it is it's not required. No, well, not I hope all. that, like, the trailer, you know, like prove to people that you don't have to be like steeped in the lore or have yeah. played mm-hmm. D&D extensively to, to enjoy it. But yeah, I think that wraps up our questions because the next one was like, would you rewatch it? Yeah. I think we'd all rewatch it. I think we would also all obviously recommend it. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, it sounds like D&D Honor Among Thieves rolled a nat 20 with both us and the critics. If you would like to roll a nat 20 and hit on some <laughs> other great content, you can go to spoilersintendedpodcast.com and check out one. all that of our intro roll a nat 20. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it rolled just enough to, to clear, right? What's the term, Joel? What am I looking for here? You met the DC. A success. That's the word, success. <laughs> on spoilersintendedpodcast.com, you can check out links to great things like our Discord, our socials, and our Patreon. Yeah, and, you know, if you check it, if you join us on Discord, not check us out, if you yeah. join us on Discord, you can join in on a lot of the fun conversation, what we're listening to, what games we're playing, what hobbies we're doing. It doesn't have to do with anything that we're watching. Like, we just yeah. like to have hang out, have fun. And, you know, obviously we do have, uh, you know, threads that are discussing new episodes of, of, you know, The Mandalorian or whatever else is coming out at the time. And, uh, yeah, you can just join us on there. We always have a good time. Yeah, and if you're not following us on social, check us out on Facebook and Instagram because, like, at least once a week we post what we're watching the following week. So if you want to watch along with us, we'd love for you to do that. So definitely check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, and we're back past the spoiler wall. We are. Guns are hot. <laughs> Spoilers are out. Locked and loaded? Guns? Wait, guns? This is D&D. <laughs> I mean, magic like, missiles are loaded. There I mean, we go, yeah. You know, he, he had like they a little gun. Any magic Not a really gun sword. He had the spring. I thought they did. No. See, the magic missiles aren't a good, like, cinematic thing because they always hit. Right, like that's the uh, that's the thing about that spell is that because it's a missile, it always hits. Simon totally had at least one cast. We're definitely in spoilers at this point. He had one cast where I thought it's like it was that magic missile. But it, I don't see if, if it was, I don't know if enough it, to be if sure. If it was, then it got past me. I I don't think because it, it definitely hit his target. Because magic I, missile, like like in order to cast it at all, it shoots three projectiles that I'll go. Oh shoot! It, it was absolutely <laughs> okay. When you go and rewatch this, yeah, uh, watch for the scene kind of late in the sh- in the movie. I'm pretty sure he cast magic okay, missile. I'll, let me I'll hit you with some that. trivia real quick, oh, okay, guys. Right, oh yeah. boy! <laughs> so a number of spells familiar to Dungeons and Dragons players are utilized in the final battle of Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. D&D hat. Uh, let's see. Sophina attempts to hit Doric with Bigby's crushing hand, only to be countered by Simon casting Maximilian's earthen grasp to form a stone hand out of the cobblestones of Neverwinter. Sophina then teleports around using Misty Step and brings a statue to life using animate objects. Simon favors more direct damage dealing and defensive spells like Magic Missile, yes! Scorching Ray, yes! and Shield. Yes! Vindication! How, how is Shield a direct damage? It prevents it's, direct it's, it's damage. It's a damage mitigator. Okay. Well, I mean, well, obviously, I mean, yeah. this is huge. Well, it says direct damage and defenses. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Yeah, there, 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 there we go. Well, the uh, the magic missile got past me, but I, I concur on everything else. 
Which is I funny also that it didn't catch it. I was just like he's shooting stuff. So yeah. the only the, anytime I hear Magic Missile, I just mm-hmm. remember oh, that so silly animation oh. from like I mean, it has to be twenty years ago now. Uh-huh. It was like early meme um, of like I want to shoot the Magic Missile. See, I always think of uh, there was this thing from the early two thousands where the uh, inter- some local news station interviewed some kids that were LARPing. There's a bunch of LARPers. <laughs> and this guys running around missile, throwing Nerf balls, going Magic Missile. Yes. Magic Missile. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Yeah. They okay, have like the more... kids at a sheet as a dragon or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so while clearly there's no Britain in D&D, Justice Smith is the only actor not using his natural accent. Justice Smith. He Simon. played the Simon. The, oh, oh the okay. Simon. Gotcha. Yeah. So this movie was filmed in April 2021 through August 2021. The release date was moved to November 2021 to accommodate for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. EXE. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm it got glad pushed they did back. that. And then later to uh, May 2022 and then March 2023, all because of COVID. Yeah. So this well, movie's been done for like two and a half it's years. It's so yeah. interesting to see because we, we're hitting a whole string of these movies where we keep talking about, you know, it was pushed back and then it was moved, moved to here and the blah, blah, blah. It's interesting to keep seeing how much was being produced in, you know, that stretch of like right before COVID hit and like mm-hmm. in the COVID times that are coming out now. And she's like, oh, this has yeah. been sitting on you know a shelf somewhere for like a year and a half. Well, and that's. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was saying that's also really interesting looking at that timeline because uh, the fact that it got delayed so long put it dangerously close to the Wizards of the Coast uh, OGL fiasco oh, yeah. earlier yeah. this year yeah, that, that where, where they came out and they were saying we're going to change a whole bunch about the rules and about the licenses and stuff that would potentially put a lot of third-party content creators' careers at risk yeah, uh, and stuff like that. And there was a huge community backlash, a lot of – uh, you know, boycotting of Wizards of the Coast materials and owned properties. And yeah. they they kind of backed off of it in in late January, early February. But there was a lot of concern that if they if they didn't do that, that the boycotting would continue through to the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was only put in that position because of the delays. Well, <laughs> yeah. I was say, to me, and I hope if you're listening to this and you're a fan of D&D and you haven't seen the movie, like check it out. It's not the movie's fault that wizards of the coast decided to be dirtbags for yeah. a little bit, you know, like <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah. Like for their whole career <laughs> yeah, for a hot minute. Uh, so speaking of like wizards of the coast and releasing stuff. So the, uh, this movie opens in the frigid prison known as revels end. So amusingly revels end was created specifically for honor among thieves, mm-hmm. oh. but Delays in filming uh, the movie led to the prison actually being introduced in the D&D <laughs> canon in 2020 adventure, Icewind Dale. Oh, wow. Uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, which was, I think, supposed to come out kind of like, like around the same time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so they went ahead and released it. So now it's like a thing that's part of D&D. That's really cool. People are yeah. just like, oh, I know this place. But it was supposed to be like, this is your first view of it. Yeah. 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 Uh. So one of the last bit of trivia, then we'll move on to our thoughts here. So the directors opened up about Monty Python's influence on the film with Jonathan, Jonathan Goldstein explaining that while the creative team wanted to make a comedy, they did not want to mock the source material. Yeah. Saying, Good we never call. want to go too far when it becomes a spoof of fantasy films. And we also wanted to be able to pivot from something creepy and more traditional fantasy to an absurd, almost Monty Python type sequence, the director said. Which, I mean, they definitely get that with the um, uh, the projection. The distraction. Uh, yeah, the distraction projection of, uh, of Chris Pine's oh, Yeah, that was bard. the funniest part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Let's move into spectacle. Sure. Andrew, why don't you lead off? Okay. Um, so the probably the biggest takeaway for me positively mm-hmm. was there were so many practical effects 
in this, mm-hmm. especially yes. like a lot of the costume design and everything mm-hmm. for a lot of the the non-human characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like the the big fish where they you know like then you have oh, yeah. like the two the two cat people yeah, yeah. And yeah. The, the the dragon that's on the like the council in, in the prison yeah. at the front yeah. it's like yeah like jo- Jonathan is also John- 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 Jonathan <laughs> Jonathan <laughs> Jonathan Jonathan <laughs> uh, but yeah I I loved all of the the practical costumes which mm-hmm. was great it very like I was not expecting that at all. Because no. going into this, like, I was like, oh, you know, I'm sure we'll have a couple different, like, random, like, races and stuff, mm-hmm. but nothing to the extent that, that we got, which that, was great. And that really, you know, throws in a lot of limitations into how you can utilize those characters yes. because mm-hmm. the range of motion is obviously mm-hmm. limited and whatnot. Yeah. But it it really provides a, a grounded texture that you just don't get if you coat everything in CGI. Yeah. 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 The, well, um, sorry. Well, I was, um, was going to say, while you can't have, you know, like one of your main characters, you know, be leaping around and slashing as, you know, the, the dragon. Yeah. Can, it dragon can't be Yoda or whatever. Yoda. Dra- yeah. yeah. One of those. Dragon something. There, there are two different races he could have been. Well, well, either way. Yeah. You can't, well, if it's practical <laughs> effects, right? He can't be like leaping around, hacking and yeah. slashing. But dropping them in like as the council or in the background mm-hmm. of, a, of a town or whatever, mm-hmm. it just adds that extra oomph of the setting and again for people who have been playing D D, they can they can do the you know leo pointing me of oh i know what this is you know <laughs> yeah. annoy their wives or girlfriends or whatever yeah yeah uh so the one the one thing that i will knock the movie a little bit on is for 150 million dollar budget i think they could have done a little bit better on a lot of the green screening mm. um like that's that's kind of nitpicky because uh, yeah. it was still totally fine and acceptable yeah. but there was there was definitely a lot of times where i could see the seams in a scene and um it Do you definitely any kind of, scene in particular um a lot of the earlier ones whenever like um it's just like like duo shots of um of michelle rodriguez and chris pine like kind mm-hmm. of just having a conversation mm-hmm. and like yeah. you can definitely tell that they're on a green screen and not on location oh, like, somewhere. like the wintry background yeah, yeah yeah like those kind of things where it's just like i can just see the edges yeah um but like the action scenes were fantastic oh, uh, really, really well choreographed mm-hmm. yeah. and I, the one in particular that i've mentioned earlier was the reverse heist for the carriage. Uh, everything mm-hmm. about the, the, uh, yeah, the like reverse heist. Specifically yeah. when the druid kind of does the front fall into the crouch yeah. up through the portal. Oh, that's oh, such yeah. a good so yeah. the camera follows her through the yeah. arc. So that's yeah. all practical. Yeah. Um, so they actually had a whole rig where basically she was she was basically pulled up by wires and the the camera matched that same movement to where it did that. So it's all practical. Such, and then such a great effect. Yeah. It's yeah, a great shot. They have like the carriage was like kind of like this open door thing. So then like, as she moves up, the camera moves in and With the her, door yeah. closes behind the camera. So then he can turn around. Yeah. Like, Oh, it was phenomenal. Like yeah, really that was, cool. That yeah. was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's that one shot in particular, again, because we're, we're doing magic, right? Like, and then they hit that camera and it's just like this, everything about this is magical. Yes. I think that, that entire, really all the heists were yeah. fantastic. And mm-hmm. the, the, the special effects, the, the layout and the explanation of like what their plan is. And then mm-hmm. they did that really good thing where like they don't explain it fully. Yeah. And yeah. then the, the complications that come up of like, you know, they've laid the, the painting on the ground mm-hmm. and it fell over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. The, the CG they used on the table of like them trying to chip away at it and stuff. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of people online complaining about the CG being like terrible. And I was like, no, I didn't. I, didn't, I mean, yeah, I didn't think it was like the best CG ever. It was an avatar. Right, but at no point was I like, ugh, you know? Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of people giving it grief online. Interesting. Specifically the CG, and I was like, okay, that's a take that someone could have. <laughs> <laughs> 
wonder if they're mistaking the practical effects on the some of the characters oh, for bad like, CG. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. The, maybe the it's someone CG who's, cat. It's not CG person. It's, yeah. it's actually it's just an actual fur. Yeah. Joel, what did you think of the spectacle? I I thought it was really fantastic. It was just such a fun ride to get to visualize the kind of antics that go on at a table, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, one of, one of the, during the promotion campaign, one of the things that, that had come up, you know, obviously they put the, the owl bear sequence mm-hmm. in the trailer yeah. and people are like, Oh, you can't turn, you know, Oh, yeah. Into an owlbear. That's that's a monstrosity. It's not a beast. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, and and, and uh, the director or writer, whoever was was kind of responding to this, was saying, "Look, we're we're trying to represent the spirit of the player's experience, yeah, as opposed to literally what you can do with the rule set, yeah. which I think was absolutely the correct choice. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. It, it produced this adventure that." you know, not only the visual spectacle was, was there. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I think the reverse heist is probably my favorite sequence followed up very closely by fat cat dragon. Pudgy dragon. Because it is, it is absolutely, they are in mortal peril, but you are just giggling the entire time. I, I love his the, name somewhere. I, I know I wrote it down. Uh, I love the payoff of them realizing that it couldn't actually shoot fire unless it had a spark yeah. or basically like oh, a fuel yeah. source for yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and just like the puzzle solving that that kind of causes like throughout. Yeah, and and that's the kind of that those are the kind of stories that get told about games, right? Yeah. It's yeah. this situation occurred and this was the crazy solution we came up with and the DM said, "Sure." Yeah. <laughs> right? Like Yeah. Well, the, yeah, that's exactly what it felt. Or, or, or yeah. to go back to like the the Owlbear thing, right? It's one of those moments where the player is like, "Well, you know, well I specialize in this." Okay. Well then, what, look, get your dice out. Let's roll on this. And then the person just rolls the twenty, rolls the twenty, rolls the twenty. And the DM is just like, <laughs> "Okay, I guess you, you can transform into an owl bear at, at will." You know, like, like that's the kind of thing yeah. that that happens in games where it could be like, "Well, you know, like really, really side case that you're going to need a lot of luck for this." And then they just nail it, nail it, nail it, nail it. And those are again the great stories mm-hmm. that come up of, "Oh yeah, then you know the time that Alan just couldn't." stop rolling a hot fire and we all live through, you know, the dragon encounter that we shouldn't have or whatever. Yeah. 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 Steven, what about you? Uh, you know, I honestly, I love, I love the costuming. I love the effort put into that mm-hmm. uh, again, just for tying it in. I think for me, like the CGI, honestly, I never really had a moment where like they did an effect and I went, Ooh, I, yeah. I, I like the gelatinous cube. It felt very gelatinous. Mm. It felt very gelatinous. <laughs> very yes. gelatinous. <laughs> and I mean, like they honestly, they put, for it being, again, a fantasy world, even with all the costuming, they put a lot of demands on their CGI. I and mean, we have a whole chase sequence of our druid transforming. You know, oh, boom, that boom, was boom, great. Boom. That mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. And, yeah. like, all that holds up. Like, and it has to because it is dead center of the screen and it is light. happening. So yeah. she yeah. did turn into a deer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then, right, yeah. then they play it for, for a good laugh and yeah. everything else. Uh, so I think, you know, they really excelled on all of those parts and you're just kind of over and over again mm-hmm. I, I did have one small complaint and i'm trying to see what it was and i don't know what it was so i'm not going to have anything to complain about <laughs> here you look it up i'm going to say one more thing about spec go for it so i think the the one thing i do want to shout out for sure is like the the settings whether they were cg yeah. or on yeah. location like i think the set design the environmental effects it just really brought home that idea of like what you visualize as the world of the forgotten realms and how it mm-hmm. should look. But then again, showing varied sides of it. I thought like the cemetery looked so cool, mm-hmm. you know, when yeah. they were talking to the dead bodies like <laughs> that. 
and That's then when, when they visit Bradley Cooper, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought his little house was like, I don't know, everything to me, the, the set dressing, it, was it felt very a huge part of it, yeah, and and it it was also very detailed too, right? Yeah, like yeah. even down to Simon's uh, material pouch being this like rotary yeah, that was cool. device mm-hmm. where it's just like, okay, I need this spell, which needs this component. So I'm going to move the device to that thing. And then king, it's almost like a coin dispenser. Yeah. Almost, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I do. So this is, this is, I don't want to call this a, a, a knock on it, right? But maybe a nitpick or just something that kind of caught me off guard and you mm-hmm. referencing Bradley Cooper brought it back. Yeah. But just kind of seeing, I guess, are they called, is it halfling? Is Half-lings. that what they go with? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So seeing them kind of portrayed the way they were, was a little uncanny valley. It, I, I mean, it kind of has to be. Because they, they weren't, yeah, because they were proportionally human. Right. Yeah. I, I kind of, like, seeing a halfling, again, basically all the art you ever see of a halfling, is just going to be a hobbit, right? Yeah, right. So that's kind of where I would expect it to be. So then seeing just... Bradley Cooper. You know, three-quarter size Bradley <laughs> Cooper is kind of like, <laughs> Which I didn't, I didn't know this until I was looking it up for trivia, but they added him later. So the yeah. original movie that would have come out in 2021 had another actor. Oh, really? They, oh. I, they didn't name who it was, but like uh, there was, I think the um, Daily, one of the directors yeah. uh, is like friends with Bradley Cooper, worked on with something else. Well, it was, And it he was mentioned, wrong. I'd love to be in D&D. And he was like, well, the movie's done. And they were like, well, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it's delayed to 2023. We can shoot you on a green screen. Uh, it's from, uh, it's, it's one of the first things you mentioned for the directors, uh, like Freaks and Geeks. Geeks? Freaks yeah. And Geeks. That's, that's the connection oh, yeah, I think, yeah. with Bradley Cooper. Well, I think it's a recent project, but yes, there, there's that. They too. also have, yeah. yeah I, I'm yeah. pretty sure that that was, re- I think I saw that reference somewhere. But yeah, I mean, again, uh, in terms of spectacle, you know, like there's basically no real bad notes Yeah, here. Uh, the costuming was great. You know, the, I, I, we kind of keep hitting on this, but like everything felt real. It felt lived in. It didn't, you didn't really have that moment where, you know, like Rand strides across the screen in an $800 jacket <laughs> yeah. off of the Nordstrom yeah. 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 You know, these moments we're just right like. Right out of Times Square. Like, boy, all right. All right. Yeah. Shepherd boy. That's definitely what shepherd <laughs> yeah. boys wear. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to performance. Sure. Andrew, do you want to lead off with that? I mean, sure. I, I let off on spectacle. Oh, give it to Steven, the you go. guest. Joel, you know, <laughs> stop being rude and give it to I the wanna, guest. I want to put Anyone that makes eye contact with me, I say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put a highlight on Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, dang it. You oh, took it. Great. I should have gone first. Now, see? <laughs> see? You made your bed. Now lay in it, okay? <laughs> because one thing that this movie did, like, perfectly was it took the character archetypal tropes, mm-hmm. yeah. right? You have the dumb meat shield barbarian. Yeah. You've, you've got the stick in the mud paladin. Mm-hmm. You've got the duplicitous <laughs> bard, yeah. you know, and it said, okay, we're going to stay true to this trope because that's, that's how we kind of poke fun at things. Yeah. But we're also going to honor the trope by mm-hmm. making them real people. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and they're not just surface level. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, Everyone did a fantastic job with that, but I don't think anyone did it better than Michelle Rodriguez because her barbarian was amazing. <laughs> yeah, Holga was great. She, yeah. Um, there was so many lines where like going into it, I didn't like expect to dislike Michelle Rodriguez or anything, but I didn't think she was going to be like literally my favorite character. In well, she's, she's very much so typecast, right? So it's fun to see her in a role that would be like, oh yeah, they would cast Michelle yeah. Rodriguez for this. And then her get a, the part 
in a way where there's flexibility in there where you get to get more of an emotional side or she gets the the straight man comedy bits of so she did turn into a deer yeah right and she just nails it over and over and over again so i i was actually really happy to see not not only just her there because she she fits the role right Mm -hmm. i mean we've we've seen her in every other thing being this kind of character yeah being a hard but but also it having kind of those expanded edges of where she gets to do more within it because she nailed it just over and over and over again yeah so Joel, Joel also stole, obviously, a point I was going to yeah, make. Yeah. <laughs> so rude. Steven, uh, right, performance, well, emails, I, anything I, else? I want to highlight yeah. Hugh Grant because yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, Hugh, when I think of Hugh Grant, I, I'm like, you know, mid-90s rom-com. Notting aw- Hill. Awkward British man, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, the the initial scene where you really get introduced to him, where he is in the, the room talking to... Uh, Chris Pine. What is Chris Pine's character's name? Ed- Edgen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Keep trying to call him Edric. Uh, Edgen <laughs> and Helga and Holga. Da- Holga. Holga and the daughters there. And Kira. The deep. They have the. <laughs> I've got them pulled the, up the right the in front of me. The NPC that also has a name. Yes. Yeah. This and isn't then, fair. I have them pulled up right in front of me. Yeah. And then they have the tea, and he keeps going on about how the tea. Oh, the tea's just. Oh, this is so high. It's so scalding. Oh, see, like, I thought that was going to end up being a clue to something that the wizard was doing oh, to him. Well, because to me, again. She puts her finger in it. <laughs> yeah. but, well, like, so I don't nice. know. You got to put your. Finger. Okay, I'll just yeah. say that for later. Because <laughs> he's he's nailing kind of what I expect from him, which is kind of the awkward Brit, mm. while also just like flowing so seamlessly into this world of just yeah. being this character where he's just, like it almost kind of felt like they just sat him down like okay, so this is kind of what the scene is, and he just kind of ran with it. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, she, you know, oh, could you could you cool this down? And, you know, she puts her finger at it. <laughs> he's like, oh, I I didn't know you were gonna put your finger. I'll, just, I'll save that for later. But like. Because it's such a throwaway aside, and it's just nailed, nailed, nailed mm-hmm. over and over yeah. and over again. And I think he did a good job of kind of flipping between that, where he could almost you could almost not take him seriously, but then also like you get the scene where he's with Kira, and it's like the manipulation. Yeah, and you're like, oh, well, like this is actually like this dude's up to no good. And, like he's very aware of. Give me a name. Come on, what's her name? Sofina? Yeah. See, you've been, you, if, if you're just going to cue me, I'm not going to look at my own notes. I was like, <laughs> there was a pause, and I was like, what's happening? Yeah, I was, I was on the edge of my seat. Right, it's like, it's but like, he's very aware of Sofina's end goals here. Like, He knows what the plan is. He yeah. basically says it as he leaves with the money. He just doesn't care because this is like, how terrible a person he is, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think he played that heel and villain and manipulator really well while also still kind of having that edge of, kind of a goofy con man who, you know, just kind of skids has been skidding by, you know, skin of his teeth and hasn't really ever amounted to something until now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I, I honestly, I loved his performance. Cool. So I'm going to go ahead and take it. Um, since someone already took Michelle Rodriguez from me, um, I'm going to go with, um, uh, Reggie Jean page. Um, the Zanki Undar, yeah. uh, who is the the stick in the mud paladin, mm-hmm. yeah. and I don't oh know anything. Gosh. I don't know anything about paladins um, in the lore for D anD. d They're sticks in the mud. But this is, this is how every their paladin entire, is role played. Their entire yeah. like source of magic is based around um, binding themselves with an oath. Okay, so yeah. like the the whole character concept is rigid adherence to an ideal. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, he played it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, he like <laughs> such a great straight man to, you know, does this band of misfits essentially mm-hmm. of, um, of doing stuff. And one, he had some great, um, action scenes, you know, kind of in the, um, I don't I can't even under, remember. Under, under dark. dark. There yeah. it is. Yeah. I was going to say the nether, but that's Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the best, like 
his lines of dialogue whenever he's kind of interacting with the other characters because he's just so straight laced mm-hmm. that he just he can't understand like why they're being sarcastic. Yeah. There's, there's no yeah. there's no context here because I don't need context because I am the context. The context. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, they did that thing where they they didn't stray so far towards guardians to do like a Drax type yeah. thing. But they were real close because he's very smart. It's yeah. just. Like he like because Drax is an idiot, right? But like, <laughs> but he also is just literal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he, this guy's literal, and he's also very smart and incredibly strong. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm assuming just from what from what I gathered, paladins are just absurdly powerful. Uh, they are. He he. Like, if you broke down the stats of the party, he was a an NPC. Mm-hmm. Um, that the DM sent along. It was an escort quest. He was yeah. much higher level. Than that was yeah. much higher level than them because they couldn't take on what was about to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, I thought he did a great job. And I know he's from uh, Bridgerton. I think is, yep. is yes. one of the things that a lot of people know him from. Mm-hmm. And I like when we were in the in the theater, like Holly did the. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> meme I pointed at the screen. That's uh-huh. him. That's the guy. That's the guy. <laughs> I know that guy. Yeah, but uh, you know he did great. Um, I actually really liked the the girl who played Sophia. Um, mm-hmm. Sophina. Sophina. Yeah. Yeah. Daisy uh, Head. Is yeah. Name. She man. She has those eyes. Oh yeah. Like yeah. she does. Well, I, I think she did a really good job too of being like super creepy without being like um, over the top. About yeah, it? over the top or stereotypical, yeah. just like maniacal laugh. Yeah, sure. or, you know. she's, she's creepy yeah. because she's so far above you that she's completely disconnected. Like everything is yeah. beneath her. Yep. She doesn't have like, she's, why would I actually like interact? Yeah, with she's you? an evil wizard, not an evil witch. There's a distinction. Yeah, there. yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> I also liked uh, Chloe Coleman. So this is actually the second movie I've seen with her in it um, within the past like three weeks, which is really weird. So she what was, was she? the daughter in she's, 65. She's Kira. Oh yeah. She's she the daughter. Is. Yeah. Uh, she's just everybody's now. daughter right now. What the heck? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, she did a really good job. Um, you know, just, you know, she's only in the movie for, you know, probably two minutes of actual screen time, but um, yeah. you know, she did yeah. a good job. She, she yeah. More of a MacGuffin than a character. Yeah. 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 But I'll, I mean, she, she does, she participates in the final, yeah. you know, yeah. invisibly, but you know, there it is. I'll jump in and shout out the only two remaining cast members. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sophia Lillis played Doric. I liked her a lot. Tiefling. I, I thought I she liked was great. Her, yeah. um, I like her. Like I found this, what was it, the Emerald um, Enclave? Enclave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she found this group and like, She's fighting for for them more than anybody else, but yeah. then she kind of falls into the the found family of like mm-hmm. this whole party. And then uh, yeah, Justice Smith. I I think there was a couple of lines where his British accent got a little on my nerves. Not a lot, but it, it was the way he said some words. I was like, "You're not British." <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and I had that moment of like, I wonder why he again because compare every no one else is doing any kind of accent. They're just. Chris Pine yeah. is Chris Pine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Just Captain Kirk over here. Chris Pine, Chris Piney it's film. The most Chris Pine performance Chris Pine has ever done is with the trailers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I thought Justice Smith did really good. Yeah. As, as Simon, uh, I liked his arc of like, you know, uh, he doesn't believe in himself, and the, yeah. that later became like the thing that he had to, you know, we we got like many backstories with everybody, and we got to see like the personal growth of each character. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pretty, pretty good. Not like a ton, but mm-hmm. enough to where like, I was I mean, satisfied. And when you're dealing with an ensemble cast, obviously you don't have time to do yeah, to every do, single in a movie yeah. with, yeah, a big cast. It's tough, but I thought they gave us more than I expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah for sure. I, I will say like Doric, uh, didn't get as much as everyone else just cause she was yeah. kind of, again, the last person to add to the party. But if no one called out justice Smith, I was going to do it because I honestly, like there's a lot of emotional pieces in here. Mm-hmm. And his actual like story arc was maybe the one that hit me the most or that like stuck with me the most of just, it's just his self doubt holding him back. 
yeah. and kind of confront. I thought they did that really well story-wise, but also he really sold it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was, I quite enjoyed it. If no one was going to mention it, I was definitely going to do it. But we're basically just saying everyone was good because no. they were. I mean, they were. I, good, I didn't yeah. have any complaints about any, anybody. Oh. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to score. The score of the score without the score. Without the score. Uh, I'll lead off on this one. I like the score a lot. Um, I feel like it does a good job of like fit is fitting the fantasy tropes and matching certain scenes where it mm-hmm. needs to, but still being kind of original enough not to sound too derivative of like, it's not like they were like, let's just rip off, you know, Lord of the Rings or yeah. let's rip off, you know, something else. Um, more Lord of the Rings. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the only thing I would say about the, the, um, soundtrack is that like there are definitely some songs that don't stand on their own for sure you have to have them in the context of the movie to of the really scene, like appreciate yeah. them mm-hmm. whereas like you know there's some soundtracks where it's like every one of the songs you can just listen to just a repeat. banger yeah basically lord of the rings right yeah but there's definitely like you know five or six songs on this soundtrack that are like really really good especially the dungeons and dragons theme which is yeah. like the fifth song on the soundtrack or whatever i think it's a really good like title theme and it that the the um there's like a couple of themes from that song appear in some yeah. of the other stuff and it does really good. What'd y'all think? I, I again want to liken it back to Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Like yeah. that mm-hmm. original soundtrack from the first movie. Yeah. Um, I would say that this doesn't quite hit the highs that that soundtrack does. Yeah. But one it, main pirate song just hits. Yeah. But absolutely carries the same spirit. It does. And, yeah. Um, and really benefits the tone that they were trying to hit with this film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll jump in here. So I, I agree on both of those. However, mm-hmm. um, I think that the two um, kind of sung songs that they do like for, um, you know, just like kind of like their, their folksy songs or whatever, whenever they're riding their horses and everything, mm-hmm. I thought those were a little, they could have, I, I guess maybe after being exposed to the Witcher, I was going to say it was, it, no it felt, it was lacking, a, yeah, it yeah. felt a little lacking for, you know, like a tavern song mm-hmm. that like everyone would know and want to sing. Yeah. I was waiting for, for those to like, be to, like, like really catchy. This kind is going to be a thing people are singing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the one place that they probably could have done a little bit more with because yeah, I mean yeah. like toss a coin to your Witcher is just iconic. Yeah. And it was only in, it's an earworm. It yeah. Just gets yeah. 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 And I was hoping that we would get some of those because I love those kind of like tavern style songs. Honestly, like with him being a bard, I thought we were going to get more get music. A, get a little bit more. They really yeah. didn't harp on him being a bard. Oh. <laughs> Uh, like he had, he had, he had an instrument. He played that instrument yeah. and he obviously wasn't a fighter per se, right. but he also didn't do any sort of spell casting the way that you normally no. associate with yeah. bars. He didn't inspire anybody. I was, I was <laughs> actually like when the, the pudgy dragon appeared, I was like, are we going to have a moment where like it's chasing them and he's like running while playing and singing he to like, like inspire yeah. 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 And, and then No, it didn't happen. You know, and, and I almost wonder if like they tried to go in that direction and then like part way silly. down the road and it's just like this, this isn't, it doesn't work. This is not yeah. going to play it, on screen. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it could have definitely been like a tonal, uh, a tonal change there of like, yeah, they didn't want it to feel too lighthearted, mm-hmm. um, yeah. especially whenever, you know, they're in mortal danger, but yeah. you know, like it, from the mechanics of like a party and you, you know, you are a part of that party. You need to be able to pull your weight and like a bard, in that. And I, I personally appreciate that aesthetic choice that they made because I, I personally find bards silly and disruptive and I don't like them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll add on, you know, uh, all the, what you have said mostly about the score, I, I agree. Like, I think it matches what's on the screen really well. It carries 
both like there's, you know, some comedic elements and good action elements and also some emotional stuff in there and that it backs all of that very well. Uh, just to kind of add on to Andrew's bit. And I don't know, maybe it's just Chris Pine's singing voice. But like when he busts out the song, I was like, whoa, what is going on here? Like he like his voice changes. Yeah. And it like, didn't sound like Chris Pine. Was it his voice? Yeah. yeah, so that's, yeah, that's, yeah it was. Is, okay. that's the thing is I wasn't I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it was. I had a moment where I was like, are they dubbing him with somebody yeah. else? Because it like, sounds really different. Yeah. But like he definitely kind of gets to like the, the big, bold, like, uh, like almost like a, like, like he's trying to like perform for like a court, right? Like, yeah. like yeah. his voice gets deep. Oh, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and it, it just didn't quite hit as how I would like it to Yeah, kind of, again, not, not necessarily going back to like, you know, throw a coin to your witcher, toss a coin to your witcher, toss a coin, sir, whatever. get it right. But, <laughs> but either way, like going to like wheel of time with Tom as the glee man, where he, you know, tosses in a lot of stuff. And like, we didn't get that kind of element either. Yeah. Uh, so like, that definitely felt like it lacked again, especially for him to be a bard. And it's like, well, they're not really giving you, you're like, you're not out here like doing like tumbling or knife throwing or really any of these fighting things. So like, what's your, what, like, again, as Doric asked them, so what is it that you do here? Like, well, I, I'm a planner. Well, that's it. Apparently. So you make plans that fail. That's yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> so when they go wrong, I make another plan. So you, you make plans, plans that, that fail. fail. No, I assured I, us that this plan would work. <laughs> <laughs> so, I will say from looking at, you know, some articles and stuff in, again, talks of the possibility of a sequel. Yeah. They have the, the writers, directors have said that if they do a sequel with this same party, it would be fun to see them leveled up a little. Mm. Yeah. So again, mm. that would give you the opportunity to have Chris Pine be more of either a fighter bard or mm-hmm. whatever else. Yeah, but, he could, but, he could multi-class into something useful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, yeah. From, from my understanding is pretty much all the spells that everyone was kind of casting in this are very low level Spells. Joel. Joel. Can you confirm? Who wants to be a millionaire music? Do you need to phone a friend? Uh, I would. I don't know about that time stop spell from. Well, I would consider her. And not, she, yeah. she definitely, because like at the end, she reveals herself to be a lich. And yeah. the spell that she's gearing up to kill Edgin with is very high level. Yeah. I'm not yeah. worried about uh, her. Because I would expect her to be a higher level. Yeah. It's more yeah. like Simon and yeah, like no, the, those, the party. those spells are generally accessible fairly early in the game. Well, yeah. I think when yeah. he's in the the barn or whatever doing the performance for the people, mm-hmm. and he doing like so just cantrips or whatever yeah. with like the grass yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, and that's I don't know if, if if we need to to wait until another section for that, but that's a that's a critical role reference. Oh, oh, oh yeah, fresh cut grass. Yeah. 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 <laughs> ah, okay. Well, that's probably plot. Let's just transition right into plot, plot, everybody. Just, yeah. Plot. Well, that's probably more entertainment, but anyways. Plot, whatever. Plot, 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 <laughs> plot, 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 plot. What okay. did uh, everybody think about the plot? <laughs> um, I mean, it's, project- it's predictable, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. yeah uh, no. Because what they do is they really do a good job of layering and paying off on those layers early yes. on. Yeah. To where, uh, you know, I'll just pick the big one here. If you have the dragonfly, it shows up multiple times in, I'll say, key moments. And mm-hmm. then obviously the biggest moment at the end whenever... Um, Holga is dead and he he has to make this like make the decision of like do I resurrect my wife or do I resurrect her mom yeah yeah like yeah. and that like that's the big and the realization that that's the choice was yeah. also a really heavy oh, that's, man. A, that's a heavy choice like oh yeah. man yeah I, like well, the second that the dragonfly showed up there I was like I'm gonna cry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like and like they they paid it off perfectly because when when Holga you know regains consciousness she's like you idiot, why did you spend it on me? She's like, yeah. you didn't waste I, it on me, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, I, Which was the perfect response. Like, it really it really landed the emotional weight. Because, yeah. like, you could have had her say something 
uh, funny in a goofy way. Yeah. That would yeah. have just completely undercut the importance of the choice. Well, yeah. and, and it, she understands the importance of the choice yeah. because she knows that he only reason why he was doing all this is so he could resurrect his wife. Yeah. Yeah. The but, gravity is there. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and it's not that, you know, it's like, it's, they're not related, but like Holga is Kira's mother. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's the most important part and takeaway from that is like, you know, he has to realize that like, well, she are, we already have a family. She yeah. already has a mom. Well, yeah. it's, it's ultimately, it's him being not selfish, right? Cause he wants yes. to resurrect his wife and he's being, a father in this moment mm-hmm. of bringing back her mother. Yes. And again, D and D is big kind of on like the whole found family trope. Mm-hmm. Like that hits a lot in a lot of different stories. And I mean, this is it, this is it to a T. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's done very well. Yeah. Uh, I think like, you, you know, everything that's going to happen. Oh yeah. No, no, Everything. It, it was, pre- I, th- I think I said that in the, the pre-spoiler that it was pretty standard stuff. They didn't do any kind of, you know, major, whoa thing. Yeah. They just executed very well. Yes. Over and over and over. And, for me, like it's 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 one of those. I I really liked the plot again, not because they did anything groundbreaking, but because they did that perfect thing where they did setup and payoff, setup, yep. yes, mm-hmm. yep. constantly throughout, set it up and knock it down. There's so many movies nowadays where they set stuff up and it goes nowhere because mm-hmm. that was either left on the cutting room floor or whatever, or things just happen and there's mm-hmm. payoff but no set, or there's mm-hmm. a weak payoff because there was no setup. And yeah. this movie yeah. does, even though it's a a simple movie in terms of like, yeah, we're not like, you know. Uh, unwinding a, a crazy mystery or yeah. you know, anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think the heists themselves were, were set up properly. And again, mm-hmm. the, the emotional payoffs, everything has like a, a through line. And that to me is like always fun to see like a clean, like I know where everything started mm-hmm. and where everything ended. You know? yeah. it's, it's well connected. Yeah. And I got to say uh, the pacing on this was, I felt really great. Like the movie really just felt like it just flowed. Yeah. Never mm-hmm. felt like it really dragged. No. Yeah. And even uh, going back to, you know, the, the moment of exposition where they have to dig up all the bodies. And so they're getting, <laughs> yeah. they're getting this, this story of the battle piecemeal, you know, included like, okay, we found, you know, the, the, the King's fastest runner. So what happened to you that day? Well, I got out of the bathtub and then I slipped. And so then you like got up and no, I died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but just stuff like that where they, they're, they're literally, they are just handing you just essentially walls of text yeah. of this battle, but they did it in such a way where they broke it up. They made it funny. They made it interesting. And especially like the, the part they put in the trailer where it's the five questions, mm-hmm. joke, which is just yeah. such yes. a D and D thing <laughs> yeah, where, absolutely. where the player is like, okay, so we only get five questions, like to the DM. Yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. And then he says something and he asks the DM something. The DM's like, that was one question. Why did you make it a question? Why did you say, okay, yeah. I thought okay. you made it a question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. Um, I think that probably my, my, my biggest gripe plot wise mm-hmm. um, is actually pretty minor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's, there's two things that I can point to, like at the end of the climactic fight where you've got, uh, you know, the, the daughter with the invisibility pendant putting the magic inhibitor bracelet on the wizard and that's how yeah. they, they defeat uh-huh. her. Right. There was never a point where Edgin goes, everybody wait, I have an idea. Yeah. Right. Like that's the kind of setup that I would normally want to have in yeah. that so that I know, because you want to put that far enough back that enough stuff has happened that you kind of forget about it. You almost un- forget it happened. Until yeah. something unexpected happens. You're like, oh yeah, they set that up. Yep. Yeah. And and they didn't have that scene. So I was a little disappointed at that, just kind of structure wise. Well, they they missed, so they did on on your point here, they missed the beat, right? Because they show where they once they get free of the maze and everything, right? They show kind of in the armory and they're the bracelets on the wall and the keys. Mm-hmm. And 
if they had had that bit where Edgen unlocks it from Simon and then holds in his hand for a second, goes, hold on to that. Right. It's the callback yeah. to protect this with your life. Okay. Yeah. Hold on to that. Right. Where he keeps <laughs> yeah. planning things to Simon. And then we know they have the item. It's in Simon's, you know, bag yeah. of holding or whatever mm-hmm. he's so, got that he's stuffing everything in. It is a bag of holding. So the only counterpoint that I would have to that would be if for whatever reason they did have a scene where he like was talking to Kira and he's like, and like she's in the conversation of them trying to plan something, mm-hmm. then it becomes too obvious, obvious. of yeah. where yeah, they're going to go think, with it. I think, I think the, the only good opportunity you have for that is on the boat. Yeah. Right? Before, uh, before mm-hmm. they really launch into the, the the climax yeah and because they don't know exactly where it's gonna happen sort of had it it's just it's really flimsy yeah like he's just like i'm gonna keep that promise right like that's all i said yeah (laughs) um but then the other one i do love that the the, the, the the portal yeah on on his mouth (laughs) yes barfing treasure on everybody (laughs) every bit of that because we we get hit right with the the thing being inflated and it's just like hugh grant's face in your face yeah and then later on you know that's the that's the payoff of him fulfilling his oath that you know our stick in the mud pound and said i believe you will keep your oath and he's like oh yeah Um, and, and, you know, I, I am particularly a, a, uh, a sucker for the trope of through hardship, you achieve everything that you ever desired only to immediately then have to give it up, mm-hmm. you know, in order to serve some greater good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that was, that was really like, it's, it's the kind of payoff at the end that I really enjoy. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I wasn't expecting it. Like I, I, I thought the whole time I was like, we're going to get to meet the mom. We're going to meet the mom. And the closer we got, I never, I, at no point was I like, Oh, Holga's going to die and he's going to have to bring her back. And then when she got stabbed, I was like, there it is. There it is. Yeah. And for yeah. me, I was like, Oh, cause I just wasn't expecting them to go in that route. Mm-hmm. And then again, he sees the dragonfly and that whole like thing yep. of like making that I've been doing nothing but trying to pursue this. And now I have to make the decision between bringing back my wife or my mm-hmm. daughter's Mom. Your mom. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't see this coming. Oh no, see, my feels. <laughs> see, I, what I thought was going to hit and it wouldn't be as big of a choice for him. It'd be mm-hmm. a much more obvious choice was he was going to have to use it to bring back his daughter. Mm, Ooh, yeah. See, I thought that's kind of where we were headed, but like, that's almost kind of a no brainer for him. He's like, yeah, I, yeah. I was a bad father. I want to make I'm, up for I'm glad that back, they went right? the opposite direction. Yes, yeah. yeah, I am too. Yeah. Yeah, because if they, if it would have been that, then it would have been too easy. Yeah. Well, also, child killing on screen is a little. Ooh. Yeah, it's a yeah. little like I don't, you know, <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez getting stabbed. She's a she's a grown woman. She's in a barbarian. Yeah, you know, a little twelve year old with an invisibility <laughs> pendant getting like ripped in half by a red wizard. So I was like, <laughs> right. let's not put well, that on screen. And, and you know, I think that's one of the things where like you have easy storytelling, which is that, and mm-hmm. then you have complex storytelling which is what we got yeah and yeah. It, and it's those kind of things of i'll so show don't tell is part of that but then it's also just the layering that they've done throughout the sh- throughout the whole film yeah. to ma- basically make all of these character decisions one meaningful and then two good payoff for the audience well, yes. it, it, and it, it makes also, you invested in them yeah yeah yeah. And, yeah it demonstrates a proper understanding of the character's needs and wants and how those things differ yeah and and, yeah. and how you can really pull out dramatic decisions from the difference between those things. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, well, let's move on into entertainment. Cause I think we're, we're entertainment. right there. Were you entertained? All right. Everyone's favorite scene. <laughs> Are you scene. not entertained? Everyone's favorite scene. I already, t- I already said mine. Well, reverse heist. Reverse heist. Yeah. Uh, well, since you take reverse heist, I'm going to, I'm going to go. You can still be reverse heist. heist. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna, for, for, you know, 
picking something different. I'm going to go with melting Chris Pine. Like that was, oh, that was mine. That oh, was where well, I, you. I actually busted out like full throat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were dying. That was the one where I lost. Yeah. I, I definitely assumed it was just like, oh, we need a distraction. He's like, time for me to be a bar. Yeah, he goes yeah. in, then he just starts falling apart. Like, what is going on? Uh, yeah. Right now? <laughs> I, I, yeah. It keeps going. That's yeah. what made me so, laugh. <laughs> so, I, so I've brought it up before with like John Wick 4 and yeah. maybe a little bit with Creed but we, we saw this movie at the summit, right? And it's been some question of like how like technical have they figured stuff out? So throughout the film, there are these little moments where it would kind of do like the like cut to black, but it definitely wasn't a cut to black in the film. It was something else going on. <laughs> oh, no. But like oh, no. that almost has to be in the digital film for that to happen. Maybe. I don't know I'm how trying to remember. Do, yeah. So but, it's like between scenes? Well, it's just like, like when they're being chased by the pudgy dragon and they're going into the tunnel to get to the cave. Yeah. It happened like right in the middle of that. And it's like, there's no cut there. Like, it was, was just there. Was the audio cut out too? No, I don't think so. Oh. They were just walking. Like, Did you just, hear a guy from the projections booth go, <laughs> <laughs> But like, so like, the thing is though, it was such a good setup because like, there've been like small technical glitches. So we're all kind of on edge for it. And then he started, Arr, Arr, and I was like, Oh, did they just did they break? Like, no, no, it's actually happening in the film. Like he's breaking, not the, the projection. So I had a moment where I was like, "Summit, no!" What What about you? Oh man, now I gotta think of another one. I mean, I think the the opening with the uh, them in the frozen prison, and he's trying to talk his way out of it, and then uh-huh. uh, we are gonna pardon you. Yeah, like that, that <laughs> whole escape. Yeah, was just, was I I actually in the middle of his monologue, <laughs> I leaned over to my wife and I was like, 10 bucks that all of this is a lie." Jonathan. Well, it's definitely like I mean, he was telling the truth for for that, yeah. but like. I just loved that. Like, I guess he figured out that Jonathan, like they could use him to like, yeah, just fly. As a bird man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so my favorite scene, since we've already taken, you know, basically everything else is ultimately <laughs> the graveyard the, scene, the graveyard. Yes. It's the interview at the graveyard because yeah. when that came out as a trailer, like up to that point, like the trailers, I'd be like, Oh yo, this looks like it could be really it good. It sold me on the movie. Yes. Yeah. When that trailer hit, I was like, Oh man, if this is what the movie is, then these people get it. Like they get it and this is going to be great. And it was. Yeah. I think that was a brilliant clip to release. Oh, absolutely. So actually I'm going to go ahead and go on a little bit of a soapbox here. Uh Oh, Um, a little bit um, of one? No, it has nothing to do with the actual scene. And it has everything to do with modern trailers and them revealing a lot of the really funny parts Mm. of comedies in the trailers. Or all the funny parts are in the trailer. You get there and you're like, I know every joke that's funny in this movie. And it's so frustrating because all of these are great jokes and they have great comedic timing within the scenes. And whenever you just put those in trailers, you're like, oh, yeah, that gets you a good laugh. And you're like, oh, kind of makes me want to go see the film. I get it. However, like... Make a trailer better and make it more mm. interesting to where we don't need to see all this stuff yeah. to where whenever we get into the film, it's funnier and it hits better because we don't know it's coming. We yeah, don't, so yeah, a, we're not expecting A it. better example of one of their really good trailer spots for this film was when Edgen just says the line, just because that sentence is symmetrical doesn't mean it makes any sense. Yes. Right. Yes. You have no idea what he's responding to. Mm-hmm. Just the thing he said is clever and funny. Well, yes. Yeah. But even with them kind of you know, spoiling the graveyard joke, right? Because like when we got to that scene, I was like, oh, this is the scene that I liked from the yes. trailer. And they did it. And then the scene kept going and it kept getting yeah. goofier and yes. like giving us more. And, and like that was a good reason. Like that, that kind of scene adding like as a promo thing is totally fine because yeah. there was so much more to that scene than mm-hmm. just that than one just little that, interaction. Yeah, it, yeah. So they, they get away with it there because again, I thought, 
oh, we're, they're going to hit us with the scene. I'm going to laugh because I know it's funny in the trailer. And then we're going to go somewhere else. No, no. We're going to get the shovel out, boys. Keep digging. Like that. <laughs> well, in the way they cut it, too, where it didn't show them just like digging. It was just like shovel in the ground, jump cut into yeah. the thing. The box it, opening. Like, yeah. We, we already know it. Yeah, yeah, like, like, okay, let's like, move on. It was, it's just like uh, Into the Spider-Verse where it's like backstories. Like, okay, here we go again for the yeah. last time. You know, like, yeah. they, they really understand like this is repetitive and yeah. we need to get through it. Uh, but yeah, I, that scene got me. Honestly, I, the whole movie was incredibly entertaining. <laughs> it, it was. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, I think, the epitome of like just a fun time at the movies yep. to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's everything I want out of a, a popcorn you know, yeah, it's better than that. I don't want to sell it short See, of yeah, being it, like it's I, just a a, 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 a summer popcorn movie. Flick. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't. But I wouldn't say call it like a popcorn flick just no. because I, I expected to call it that, but just because that emotional core. Yeah, yeah. In there, it like was, that, it was that beyond that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say again. I'm going back to pre spoilers. Subversion of expectations, mm-hmm. and we're going to the Jonathan scene <laughs> where. So for me, right, you know, Chris Pine is you know BSing away, and again, I would have agreed with Joel. I thought everything he was saying was a lie. Yeah. And it's like, it was, oh, oh, my daughter, it was my definitely, dead wife. Yeah, it was, it was definitely shaded, you know, in his favor because he doesn't reveal that he stole the treasure, which is what caused the yeah. Red Wizard to track yeah. him down. Yeah. Like, it's shaded in his favor, but it was, as far as we could tell, mostly true based on the other characters. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it was it was another exposition dump yeah. done creatively. Creatively, yeah. yeah. Where, where, like, every third sentence he's like, which I would be able to relate so much better if Counselor John is <laughs> <didn't laughs> here. Yeah. Right? So what I was thinking was, do we have an update on where he's at? Yeah. Right. So what I was thinking was that he, that this, this counselor was going to be like some, you know, deep seated plant that he has, you know, a blackmail on. I thought this Jonathan's going to come in there and be like, Oh, wink. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hello there, Jonathan. And yeah. then like, you know, approved. No, no, it's just Birdman coming in. <laughs> Jonathan, it's so good to see you. Like push you out the window. Fly, Birdman. Wings. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I thought there were machinations and complex yeah, things going yeah. on. It's just like, no, he's got wings. And then and then the callback at the end. Oh, that, yeah, was, that was great. Yeah. Really a wonderful says, end cap. Jonathan. Jonathan. <laughs> She's like so, like, disappointed on the poor Jonathan. It's like the barbarian grabbing you. Okay, this is a frail man. Oh, Jonathan. <laughs> oh, Jonathan. <laughs> Uh, but also even, you know, like the, the start, right, where we get the, the orc or whatever who's brought into the prison. And it's like full on Jurassic Park loading and unloading and all this other stuff. And, yeah. you know, big, bad, scary dude. Yeah. And we get into the uh, the jail cell. Yeah. And he immediately is like, all right, fresh in prison, time to establish dominance. And then it's like, Don't so mess with their potatoes, have, we, have we <laughs> met Holga here? He's just going to destroy you, which the potato thing, all I could think of was uh, – Attack on Titan. Yeah, what's her name? Oh, Sasha. Sasha. I was like, I don't yeah. Sasha oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the potatoes. <laughs> oh man. But there right. are we've I mean we've been quoting this like all cast, right? It yeah. is a really quotable movie, which it is really again is. in and its credit as well. It really makes me want to watch it again to like it does. solidify the quotes in my head. Cause we've been like Dan, like I think he said something kind of like this. Yeah. I want to know, I want to watch this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have enjoyed what you've heard and you want to support us more, there's one really easy way to do it. That's on Patreon. Patreon for one dollar, you get that's on a soundboard now. Yeah, so our Patreon for one dollar at that tier, you get access to all of our bonus episodes. And these episodes are different format than our normal episodes, these aren't just like other reviews, these are like we did a presidential fight club where we 
say whether or not we could beat up a president based off of solely their uh, presidential portrait. portrait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to listen to me and Ryan almost come to blows over talking oh. about James Bond openings? It was you can do that. Visceral. I had so much fun just poking them with a stick. Poking with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> Get fight. Do a fight. We did a, uh, a soda tier list soda where tier we list. That's drank a good one. like 15 sodas and all of us all hopped barfed. up on Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> That's a fun one. But yeah, $1, you get access to all of that content plus one at least one bonus episode a month. Sometime we release two. Our most recent one was on uh, how to get into Gundam. Yeah, Gundam yes. starter kit. Gun- yeah, uh, you know, if you uh, are unfamiliar, that is a great way to learn. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Other ways you can support us if you don't have a dollar is you can leave us a review. So whatever podcast service you're listening to, except for Spotify. Uh, well, so no, actually, you can leave reviews on Spotify. You can leave reviews on Spotify. You can't leave a review, but you can rate it. You well, can rate you, can, you can rate it. And Ooh. if you, you can follow, follow it, if you yes. follow it, okay. it actually does um, give us a little bit higher on Help the, on the search. Help us percolate up in the yeah, yeah, algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but so, yeah, yeah, reviews are good. However, it would be great if you just shared us with a friend. Yeah. Just text somebody. Come Tell on. your cat, your dog, I don't know, your yeah. horse. Send, if you send have a, a chain letter. And like, if you don't listen to <laughs> 10 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> like if you, if you have a ham radio, you can just, you know, just, just, just let us know all the truckers. Breaker, breaker, one night. Just get, start talking to all the truckers. Y'all have something to listen to on your drive? I got a podcast for you. All right, well, that sounds about like all the time we have. A huge thank you to Joel for joining us in this episode. We thank really you. appreciate it. He yes. was just walking down the street and we're like, you're a DM. You should come be on a podcast. Got him. I was doing nothing and got kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> just like all the time. <laughs> all right, until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Andrew. And I'm Steven. And every spoiler was intended. 